Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. <sighs> Here we are. <laughs> Not so gung-ho this time. Well, you know, it's one of those things. Some days, some days it's it's it really is a fake it till you make it. And I don't know that that's necessarily a healthy thing, but I'm kind of tired today. Kind of just feeling like I could take a real long, nice nap. See, and you're yawning. I'm yawning. Yes. Don't, don't <laughs> yawn. Well, all right. So if that is you on the other end of this podcast, you're in good company. At least we know we're not sociopaths. That's one of the sociopath tests. Did you know that? What is? If, if someone yawns and that person does not yawn, it's a sign oh. of being a sociopath. Because... Really? Yawning is a sign of empathy when someone yawns and you yawn with them. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, so. If you're ever not sure about your friend, just go yawn in front of them. <laughs> Fun facts to know and love. <laughs> um, moving right along to uh, <laughs> other topics. So we're this uh, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon, which is probably partly why we're both tired. Just I know for me Sundays are are um, they're wonderful days. I love Sundays. I love Sunday mornings, uh, service and whatnot. But but I do find that I get tired after a Sunday service. Um, so maybe that's why Sunday afternoon, all that. Yep, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, I get up. I get up at, uh, well, 6.30, so I could be at the church at 7.30 to start breakfast to serve at 9.30. Yeah. And okay. then I talk way too long, so I get out at 12.30. <laughs> there you go. I mean, but, I talk pretty long, too, but... Well, and cleaning up and all that stuff. Well, true, true. Man, I feel like I don't do anything for Sunday compared to you. Oh, sure you do. We, to each their own, right? To each their own, what what needs to happen on a Sunday morning. But at any rate, we were talking about, uh, just amongst the two of us, ourselves here, of what we covered on Sunday morning for sermons today. And um, they're not super connected, but, but there's ways to look at both of them. So I just, you know, we just figured we'd talk about, we just finished several episodes in a row on Luke 15. And I did kind of hint at doing a thing about Genesis 1 um but we're gonna wait a little bit to kind of look at that a little deeper before we jump into that so today i just kind of wanted to talk about what we talked about uh, on sunday because i feel like the lord uh spoke through us today and yeah we can discuss it here so amanda where were you in scripture today for your sunday service well um as you know jenny and i don't remember if i've talked about echo the story on this podcast i'm not sure if you did or not i don't know either anyway um at the beginning of of 2022 we began um going through the bible chap well sections at a time going through all the books so you know um through storytelling so taking scripture and telling it um not really reading it chapter and verse, but reading it as a, as a story. And so now we're on our 10th book of the Bible, second Samuel, um, through, through doing that, which is pretty cool. Although we break for 
Christmas and stuff, but yeah. um second Samuel. And today we got um David King David has been um crowned at Hebron. Um Ish uh there was a revolt with one of Saul's sons, Ishbosheth, and uh he thought he was the rightful heir. He raised up some people. Um David kind of subdued him. Some of his own men murdered Ishbosheth, brought this is not part of the story, but brought his head to David. David was upset, um, had those guys killed. But because Ishbosheth was dead, they united Israel because they said, well, now we're going to see you. There's no other contenders. We're going to look at you as the rightful king, united the kingdom, um, overtook Jerusalem to become known as the city of David using some cool guerrilla warfare using the aqueducts. Not gonna go into that either. That was not. That was just a cool tid tidbit. Um, you can actually still see some of those aqueducts in Jerusalem, which I found out, which is cool. cool. And um, but the biggest thing was David enters into sets up camp uh, his his household in Jerusalem. Um, the Ark of the Covenant returns. Everything feels like it should, and he wants to make got a house he said i'm living in this beautiful palace and i have the ark of the covenant in a tent and there's something of a disconnect happening here and i don't like it and so the prophet nathan says well do what you're gonna do but then god goes to nathan in a in a um vision saying um tell david he can't build the uh, can't build my a house for me but instead i'm going to build a house for him an everlasting one and an everlasting covenant. Mm -hmm. So David is looking to build me a house of, you know, cedar, but I'm looking to build a house that'll last forever. Right. Yeah. And um, so this was for, yeah, specifically from um Second Samuel chapter seven. Um, and kind of cool things about the it's called the Divinic Covenant. Um is he tells David, I pulled you as a tender of sheep, so go tend my sheep, mm -hmm. which reminds me, of course, of Peter, right? Yeah. Fisher of men, so go, you know, those word plays, so go, you know, a fish, you know, go be a fisher of men. Mm -hmm. Um, also in the Davidic covenant, he uh sets him up like, like shepherd, but then also his descendants, well, one. Uh, reaffirming the mosaic covenant of the land that you will dwell in this land forever and no one will be able to overthrow you from it sets up um, through the Abra Abrahamic covenant of descendants and legacy so that you will have descendants who will reign forever and um, so God is still working through those promises but it goes even deeper because he talks about his son who's going to build the temple which we know is Solomon. But then he talks about another son of David who is going to build the everlasting um, throne mm -hmm. and rule from it, which we know as the Messiah. And uh, it's just making me think, you know, when you go into uh, Matthew, uh, Palm, Palm Sunday. Anyway, it's when they say, who is this coming into the city? They say, look, it's the son of David. So tying in those kind of um, thoughts, but also like 
God is thinking way bigger. Here's David. He gets this news. He falls prostrate before the the ark of the Lord. And he's saying, who am I that, that you would do this for me? Mm-hmm. Who, who am I? And the answer is, it's not about you. God is thinking bigger. David is still thinking about a kingdom, uh, a human kingdom. But God is already has the things in motion for this everlasting kingdom. Mm-hmm. And if God still cares about those promises that he made to Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Noah, all those covenants, he still has made promises to us as church, you know, for the forgiveness of sins through the blood of Christ, for the, for the promised Holy spirit, for, um, to never leave us, never forsake us, to walk us in the path everlasting to, you know, all of those promises and that he still keeps those. Yeah. That was probably a long answer, but that was the the gist of uh of of this morning. And and think about why can we trust him? Because we have scripture yeah. where God that that tells because these are real people that God worked through, and he he um he kept his promises to them, and he's still keeping promises. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just amazing to me, especially the the promised of everlasting life and the promise of the forgiveness of sins, which is pretty much the paramount of Easter. Right. Well, and he does, he is faithful, right? Uh, His promises. And so as you were talking, I was thinking of uh, second Timothy. uh um, When Paul says to Timothy in chapter three, uh, chapter three of second Timothy verse 11 says this here is a trustworthy saying if we died with him that is if we died with Jesus we also live with him if we, mm. endure, we also reign with him if we disown him he will also disown us if we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself and the the idea there um, the reason I thought about it is because you're you're talking about his faithfulness to his promises no matter what if we're not faithful to our obedience to Christ, to any number of things, it God's not going to change his faithfulness mm. based on our actions. And that's one difference too in the divinic covenant versus the other covenants is that it is not conting- contingent on what David does or doesn't do. Yeah. So a lot of the other ones, um, you know, saying as long as you remain in the Lord, right, he'll remain in you. But if you begin to disobey, it'll the, the people will come in and overthrow. That doesn't have this. It doesn't. It doesn't have anything with what David's going to do. It's just God yeah, saying because I'm honoring with this everlasting kingdom. Yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> it is. That's awesome. Well, and the, and the legacy of the Davidic covenant that mm-hmm. uh, Jesus um, fulfills as the son of David. I think of several times in the Gospels, you have people who come to him, uh, son of David, have mercy on me. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So you were way back there and I was in the Gospel of Matthew, um, mm-hmm. chapter 11. And starting with verse 28. And where is it? Come on. There we go. 
I have a different Bible today. So I was looking not in the, you know how when you have a certain Bible and you're like, it's in the left-hand column on the bottom of the page, right? Oh, right. And now it's a different Bible. So it's not in my place. It's in a different See, place. I finally Ooh. got back my normal Bible. That's good. So you I'm like, oh, yep. Flipping right along. There you go. Uh, so this is so this is what it says, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Then following, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so, so we talked at length about what wearies us, right? And the fact that sometimes... Sometimes it's straight physical weariness, right? You've worked hard on a day or cleaning or moving. Or I, I talked about a summer, uh, one summer when I was growing up that was just arduous. It was starting every morning in the bean fields, pulling cocklebur out of fields, which is a weed that's nasty and gets gums up your, your combines. Those of you farmer people, you know what I'm talking about um, if you don't Google it. But uh, then it's, what? I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Well, Cockleburr, actually, the guy the guy who invented Velcro, he got the idea from looking at Cockleburr. It's the stuff that sticks to your clothes. Oh, the little burr bush things. Yeah, it's Cockleburr. Anyway, so oh. then I would come home, and we that summer we were replacing the floor of our big grain bin. And so he'd spend the afternoon like getting in there and, and scooping out all the corn that was underneath the floor to get it all cleaned out so that you could replace the floor. It was just, it was hot because grain bins are not, they're just hot in summertime. And then I'd, we'd have supper and invariably the, the neighbors would call and say, Hey, Jenny, what are you doing? We need help baling hay. So then I'd bale hay until sundown. And so it was, that was a long summer. That was several weeks of, of doing that back to back to back. And so those were days, again, I was a lot younger then, but, I was exhausted, right? I was definitely bone tired, weary, but it was a, it was a physical tired, right? Uh -huh. I think a lot of times physical tiredness is easier to handle than a mental, spiritual or emotional tiredness, uh -huh. right? Cause especially if your body isn't tired at all, but you're, but you're heavy hearted with emotions or spiritual turmoil or, you know, something that's just bugging you. Um, but Jesus says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy burdened. And it's interesting that heavy burden, that burdened word in Greek only occurs two times in the whole of the New Testament. The second time is, is in the gospel of Luke, where Jesus tells the Pharisees, you're burdening these people with, you know, obscene, absurd rules. I'm, that's the uh -huh. paraphrase version. But, um, the idea that they're burdened with these excessive rules that the Pharisees came up with to follow the rules that are in scripture. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. All the rules to make sure you follow the rules. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Like you can only take this many steps on the Sabbath and you can't start a fire on the Sabbath because that's work and you can't do, you know, you can't carry your mat on the Sabbath because that's work you know things like that so uh but the burdens that christ so if you think about it, back to the taking my yoke christ jesus doesn't burden us with hoops to jump through to follow him 
He actually wants to unburden us of our weary hearts by taking it upon himself. And so we talked at length about that and how, you know, we're also supposed to carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6 says that, carry each other's burdens and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. But at the same time, so you know, I've had, I have so many friends right now going through various things, whether that be health stuff or financial stuff or relationship stuff. And, you know, I want to be able to help them carry that burden, right? They can, they can talk to me and we can pray together and I can pray for them. But at the same time, if I take all those burdens on top of the burdens I already have in my own brain, right, I'm going to be super weary from that. But if I can um, say, Lord, Lord, it's yours to take because I can't, I can't do this on my own, right? And you can lay it at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, here I am. I've come to you with my weariness. I've come to you with my burdens. Help me have rest. And that rest is the real rest, right? That's not the, the, who we were talking earlier about, you know, this idea of, of rest is kind of a thing now, except that we don't always fully understand what rest means. We think of it as sitting on my couch, eating popcorn, watching TV is rest. Well, is it biblical rest? Is that what God said means when... when Go ahead. What I'm noticing here in the verse is like Jesus isn't just say, okay, let me just remove your yoke and now you're free. Go have some rest. No, he replaces the yoke with his yoke. It's not like uh, it's still guided. It's just lighter. Yeah. He removes all of the extra burden, right? And all the extra that wasn't supposed to be there to begin with. Like you said, all those extra, whatever. And it, but but we're still yoked to him. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes I think when you're talking about the misuse of rest, we think we have to get rid of all things that look like work or whatever, or all things that have the title of work. Um, because only if, if there's any of those presents, then we can't rest. But that's just not true. Yeah. I'm seeing here this resting in the things, in the yoke of God, in the doing the things that God has commanded us to do will give a fulfilling rest if yeah. they're done in him. Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to the idea too of Sabbath in the very biblical, not a hoop jumping way. This idea that we can't, our, our, our worth, our value is not in the doing. It's not in it's, getting, being productive. It's in being and living and existing in Christ, and yeah, taking his yoke upon us because his burden is light, his yoke is light or easy, um, and therefore in Christ we can find rest. And this is, I'll tell you friends, for me, I guess I can't speak for you, Amanda, but this is something that is hard to wrap your head around until you kind of get there. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, you know, I didn't, when we read certain things in scripture, especially uh, I think of my journey in faith, my journey with Christ. There are certain things in scripture that I understood from a, like, I understand what the words mean, but I didn't understand how to live that out or what that looked like in real life. I just understood what the words meant. 
right? I think of specifically with Sabbath, this idea that you should rest on the seventh day and keep it holy because God rested on the seventh day. Okay, I'm going to rest on the seventh day. Well, am I doing it right? Well, if you're asking that question, then you're not doing it right, right? Because the whole point of Sabbath isn't to not do work. Like, oh, well, I, I read an email, so I guess I failed to keep my Sabbath. You're missing... You're missing the point of Sabbath. Like Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Or was it the opposite way? Anyway, that our our stopping is not stopping for any other reason but to be in Christ for a time, right? To put aside mm-hmm. the the toiling for our own benefit, the the doing for our own benefit. This this come to me, all you who are weary and burdened everybody's weary and burdened at some point. Mm -hmm. Some of us are weary and burdened all the time because we let things fester. We take on things that aren't meant to be ours to be taken on. I think of all the worries. And I think back to the parable of, or excuse me, the the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. He says in it, you know, every day has enough trouble of its own, right? So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to worry about itself. Uh, it's it's a very true statement. Every day has enough worries of, worries of its own. If you're worried about tomorrow, you're worried about the next day, you're not going to live in the moment. You're not going to be in today, right? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know why I just keep in my head going back to the concept of uh, stress. So, you know, for years, um, all of these people were saying stress is bad, stress is bad, stress is bad, until they came up with that there's actually differing types of stress. And there actually is a type of stress that is good stress, which is called eustress, um, which is the kind of stress that's motivating. Uh, yeah. So, like, the, the type of thing that spurs you on to be better. So, it's kind of like, I don't like where I am. So, yeah. okay. I should do something about it. It's a, it's not a pleasant thing, but it's a helpful thing, but it's a beneficial type of stress. Okay. I don't know where I'm going with that, but it reminds me a little bit of like, of the Holy Spirit and his burden, you know, of like, it, it, it can be a good thing to, to recognize I'm not where I want to be, yeah. but it's not a shameful thing. It's like Sabbath is an invitation, like you said, just to lay down the, the striving for the self the trying to get ahead, the trying to be like your neighbors, the trying to whatever, whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. and just being content with the who you are, who God is, yeah, the world, whatever, and just delighting in it. Mm-hmm. Someone told me another word for Sabbath would be like just delight. Yeah, just take just being in the moment. Just yes. Delighting, Which in sounds, yeah, or joy, joy is another. Yeah, joy, one. yeah, just joy, just enjoying, right? That's what God did when He rested; He just enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jesus can take our burdens; He's big enough for that, uh-huh. right? That's right. So I have this sweet lady at my church, and she would just like so I noticed. She would just come up randomly or not just just to be, she would compliment me or she would just talk of compliment people like all the time, like we're like just out of the blue. 
And one day I was like, why are you always complimenting people? And she said, well, I started a practice years ago that whenever I started to feel critical of something, I would say a compliment out loud. Okay. So an internal thing, if she was feeling negative about anything, she would just find the nearest person and compliment them. All right. And she said, you know, when I, um, when I'm focused on what is delightful around me, it keeps my heart from ever going down a rabbit trail of what I don't like. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's some good advice. Yeah. Although then I worry about how many times uh, she's complimenting me because maybe I'm stressing her out, but you know, <laughs> but you know, but that's still a good practice. You know, I, for long, the longest time I would find something every day that made me wonder or, or be in, be in wonder, be in awe. So mm. Like, and it can, for me, it can be the littlest thing. Like there's a plant um, I've managed surprisingly to keep a couple plants in my house alive for the last five years, which wonderful for those of you who know me, I cannot vote for that. I don't know that they're thriving, but they're alive. They're surviving. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, So that, so that's an awe, but like, if you, you know, look at the, the plants, like closer and see the intricacies, like the, just how awesome that is. Right. And the wonder of these plants. Now, to be fair, I, I can do this very easily for the, the wonder thing, just because I'm in awe of a lot of things um, of God's creation and the intricacies of, of Legos or like how the radio is made, like just weird stuff. Right. I, because I like to see how things are put together or just, just, I'm amazed by things. But if you, because for me, I have no other recourse in my brain except to like have joy out of that, to find that kind of awe-inspiring sort of thing. And it's the, it's the little things. Like one time I picked up a bunch of rocks from, you know, like somebody had some landscaping, like not the big ones, but little tiny ones. And if you look at them real close, because you think, Oh, those are just all gray rocks or they're all tan rocks or whatever. But you pick up a few and you look at them real close and they're not just one color. Like they're a myriad of colors. You're like, oh my gosh, if you look at them close, like you're seeing all these different um, differences in color and texture and all of these things. And I did that because sometimes you focus, like I would get focused on negative things. I'd get focused on complaining, grumbling about this, that, or the other thing. And Instead, I'm like, okay, like like this lady that you had with compliments. I just what what can I find that I can look at, really look at, and find the wonder and awe in it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is and, amazing when you slow down to like think about how lungs work, for example, yeah. or like. <laughs> and then take some deep breaths and like. You're like. Oh. This thing is like expanding and contracting. You have all these brachial tube thingies in there. And like how many different parts need to be working for it to work and how you just do it subconsciously. Right. Crazy. And how <laughs> the lungs are, are putting air, to, giving it to the heart so that the heart can put it into blood. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's actually a really crazy, amazing yeah. system that exists. <laughs> Almost like it had a really good engineer behind it. Almost, maybe. Like <laughs> Absolutely. 
yeah, but this thing, you know, and the wonder of circling all the way back to God's promises, you know, and he promises us an easy burden. Yeah. If we give it to him. Now, the problem is when we don't see the reason that the Davidic covenant worked is because David fell process. He just said, okay. Yeah. I accept, you know, yep. and, um, and that's just, that's just what God is inviting us to do. Just accept his gift of life, of holiness, of forgiveness. Yep. Now we can choose to not do any of those things. Mm-hmm. But he's just he's just inviting us to to joy. Yeah. Well, think about it. He he's inviting us to life and to have it in abundance, right? Yeah. Abundant life. And, yeah. and when, we, when he says his yoke is easy and his burden is light, it's because he doesn't, it's, he's not like the Pharisees who are going to throw all these rules and regulations on you and you have to be this perfect cookie cutter, jump through the hoops, check all the boxes, do all the right things all the time kind of a thing. Now, does he want you to do those things? Does he want you your obedience? Yes. But if we look even to the life of David, David messed up. Oh, like a lot. But he had relationship with with God in such a way that the the mess ups I, I don't want to say superseded, but but in in First Peter, I think it's First Peter, either that or Second Peter, but it says love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. Why? Because relationship supersedes sin. Well, and I think the big thing about david was not that he didn't mess up because he did he was i think impulsive i think he was at times prideful i think he was arrogant at times as well i think he was um i think he just really was ruled by emotion yeah but the difference um is what happened when when god pointed out his failings Mm-hmm. See, like Saul, King Saul, he retreated inward, he got defensive, and he shut down, and he moved further away from God. But David went into God saying, I need your help. Right. Forgive me. Right. Yep. Forgive me. Teach me how to do this better. You know, he 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 went close in his failings, went closer into relationship with God, which is, I think, why he's called a man after God's own heart, because that's what God wants to do for us, just to go in deeper with us. Agreed. But it's when we run away or run into ourselves or, or deflect or do whatever, that's when we go further. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's yeah, who are you going to trust to be your all in all, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to trust yourself? I think back to the Luke 15, what we were talking about. The younger son, at first, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll go back to my dad. And I have a whole speech done, ready and ready to go. And and dad, I sin against you. Don't I'm, I'm not worthy to be called your son, but make me like one of your hired hands unsaid so I can pay, pay you back for all the stuff that I messed up. Right? So I can do it on my own. So I can, so I can redeem myself in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And what does the father do? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, nope, son, I'm not even going to let you try to do that because 
that's not how this works. I love you beyond that, that you trying to redeem yourself of your own accord. But then you have the older son who is like, wait a second, dad, I did everything you asked of me. I was obedient to the nth degree. I never said no to you. I never, but he missed the love of the relationship, right? The mm. both sons had a misunderstanding of what their responsibilities in the relationship was. God doesn't want our obedience independent of our relationship with him as daughters, as sons. And if we love God, I think I think of the, the adage about, you know, when you're raising a kid, and to be fair, I'm not raising kids, so you can tell me if I'm wrong, but you want to have a relationship with your kid to such a degree that when they mess up, their first inclination is to come to you, not uh -huh. run from you, right? Yeah. To say, mom, dad, I messed up. I'm in a world of hurt. I got myself in a pickle. I made a bad decision. I screwed up, whatever the case may be, but to run to you right. instead That's of the, run away uh, from you. Authoritative versus authoritarian. Yeah. Good way to yeah. put it. And I think as we grow in Christ, obedience becomes less about like the hard work of obedience, if you will, like the the hoops hoop jumping and oh I, I can't do this and I have to do this and I have you know, it's not that. It's man, I love him so much that I'm gonna do what he asks just because that's the best thing for me. Yeah, because I know he has my best interests. Yeah, not gonna lead me somewhere bad. <laughs> right. Gosh, we could talk all day about this stuff. We always could. This is, you know. So I last week when we joked, when when do we end this podcast? When we run out of things to say, and that's never gonna happen. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much here, folks, and I know we were kind of all over the map today. Uh, kind of going back to the kind of the format we had uh, a few months ago, where it was. Hey, what do you want to talk about today? And we just dove into to what we what we had talked about in service. But friends, remember God loves us. He's gonna care for us. He has promises that He will He will not forget. He does not forget His promises. He does not leave us high and dry. He does not okay. forsake us. Um, and man, when we come to Him, it's the best place to be. You got any final words? Um, I did, and now I don't. Ugh. But just Sorry. that God is good. I mean, He just is. I know that's a cliche, but that cliches is ring true. <laughs> Many do. Many. And do. so, just go, go and be restful in Christ. In Christ, yeah. whatever that looks like for you. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I just. It's just so I actually taught teaching this right now. Actually, this very that very verse to Elias with a little song. Come yeah. to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's how it goes. Okay. Anyway, because you know, little kids and songs. Yes. Honestly, big kids and songs, <laughs> adults and yeah. songs. Think about all the scriptures that you know, many of them were to songs, right? Mm hmm Yep. Yep. Melody is good. All right, friends. Well, again, if you uh, have any thoughts, comments, questions, queries, things that you'd like to bring up, 
things that you're like, dude, why did you even say that? Um, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. We love feedback. So, so feel free to reach out to us and give us feedback. Um, but we're just excited to, to be able to do this thing with you. And I hope that you guys enjoy the conversation. And again, if you have comments. We're open to feedback. So meanwhile, hey, God blesses us. Did you know that? God blesses us. So we Why? can bless others. So we can bless <laughs> others. That's, that's good. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>